What goes, my man? It is a happy, well, it's Monday here. What day is it there? Do we still it Monday? It is Monday afternoon. All right. All this right. is episode th- 32. Dang, I talked to you too much. No, I'm kidding. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me something good. Beside our heat wave? Well, we are so, I, I literally walked the dog a couple hours ago. It was pretty nice. You know, I mean, we're, mm. we're, we're at the tail end of the shit. So, um, a couple more weeks. Yeah. So what happens, what happens to the rural areas that don't have any air conditioning? I mean, I just, you know, just make it through one of those deals. I I assume much like Mexico or here. Yeah. Also guess like how do the farmers go through this when the weather's changing period? India is supposed to have like a couple of grow seasons, right? And right now it's, We do not have those grow seasons. Would that lead to a food shortage? Well, I mean, you think of how many people you have. You know, I mean, there's where else are you going to go get food for, you know, almost 2 billion people? You know, yep. uh, I mean, y- Ukraine used to be the wheat for everybody. So Africa is going to take the hit on that. They were letting them export for a while and then they stopped the exports. And um, mm-hmm. which is really a, I mean, it's a terrible thing. I'm, I'm sure the middlemen are making a shit ton of money as always, but you know, you're going to have a lot of starvation next year over that. You know, I don't, yeah, you remember me telling you, I, I told Kyle the first time around, I said, I don't want to be that big of a contrarian. Right now you want to invest in grains that hold and buckwheat is probably the best grain that holds mm-hmm. that can be made into almost anything. Do you all use buckwheat over there? What is buckwheat? <laughs> It's just oh, a no. really, really super hearty wheat. So I've had buckwheat pancakes. I've had buckwheat pasta. But, you know, it's for some reason or another over here, it's just not that popular. It was thought to be like a like a slave grain, perhaps, originally. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. And the, and I don't I don't know anything factually on any of this, but it went out of style that way. Like it was a poor person's food, you know, and, and mm-hmm. poor people's food generally tastes the best. That's what's so weird. It doesn't make any sense. Minus lobster, Sean. <laughs> right. There you go. Yeah, but it depends on where it depends on where you live. Lobster's mm-hmm. cheap. Some places. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. So yeah, I don't know how that shakes out, Deepak. I and I really mean it for for next year and beyond. Um because mm-hmm. as you guys adjust, but California's just been battered with fires and floods and and, you know, all the lakes are now full again. It's the first time they don't have drought problems since I remember living there 40 years ago when drought mm-hmm. problems started. So oh, wow. they they do most of America's food. I mean, in the San Fernando Valley mm-hmm. is what it's called. It really isn't in the Midwest and stuff. We feed cattle with uh, the grain and corn mm-hmm. that we grow here, mostly. And Kansas used to export all their grain to Russia, but I'm, I doubt that's happening anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Politics does come into play, man. I know you cannot crazy? you cannot actually pretend to not give a shit about other countries because you live in one. <laughs> right. I, I it is so there yeah, I I don't even know I, I don't even know where to go with so many of those things. Let me let me tell you a story though. So uh, a couple of years ago I watched this documentary on France and they were having high concentrations of cancer among children. And so they took this this really seriously and said, okay, we, we believe it's the pesticides being sprayed on our food. Now this wasn't even food going to those schools. 
And what mm-hmm. they said is we will pay the local farmers more money to sell to our schools so everything's fresh. And I think you had to be within 40 miles and it had to be organic. So the okay. children, their lunches and the snacks or whatever they get in the morning, um, all had to be organic and all had to be from, I believe it's 40 miles. I, I, mm-hmm. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong by like 20 miles. So America has evidently adopted this, but it's 400 miles, which sounds like a big, but you know, this place is gigantic. So, Isn't that like a portion of Europe, if you consider it, <laughs> you right. can get it from like five different countries? <laughs> I know. But here, but here it's just Texas, you know, mm-hmm. or California. California coastline is 1,100 miles. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, until you've ever driven it, you have no idea how big that really is. And it's beautiful, the whole thing. So here's the problem in Oklahoma. We've got this crazy school superintendent. It doesn't want to take any federal money for anything. So the federal money that each school can get is $25,000 allotments, as long as the food is minimally processed and grown within 400 miles. Mm-hmm. That is a boom for local farmers, local processors, meat processors, all this stuff. Absolute yeah. boom could, could guarantee you that your children can inherit the farm and stay there. Mm-hmm. The, money's, the money's not getting through because the superintendent has to sign off on it. Oh, God. This is such a short-sighted, myopic view of the situation. There's no idea the long-term consequences of not doing it. Look, those farmers just came out of COVID. They're as screwed as everybody. They're just hanging Mm -hmm. on for dear life. But they all voted for him. And this this may be the one wedge issue that's big enough to get them to realize these guys are full of shit. You know, you go, he literally is withholding your money for the survival of your small farm because it doesn't have to be a big farm. These can be small processors and they can sell directly to the school district. Does does the federal government get to say, like, come back and tell (laughs) Ryan Walters that, listen, take this money, otherwise we're not not hiring anyone for the federal government from your state? (laughs) Well, you know, that that is a possibility. And I'm not going to say that's not a possibility. The the forever challenge is that until we as Americans see mega corporations and the profits it made, especially during COVID, as the problem, and we still see government no matter what is the problem, we're never going to solve it. Because it really, parties don't control that. Lobbyists control that. Politicians control that. So thinking you're part of the right gang is, is questionable at best. Um, and, and, you know, one is probably more people than the other one, and one is more co- corporate than the other one. But, but besides that, you, man, I'm telling you, this voting thing's starting to be important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, they, we had an easy they, run for a while. Sorry. On Saturday, I was actually on my little soapbox lecturing some people about how, why we don't have the mob, the mafia, and all of those proper stories in this day and age, because we legalized all of that bullshit, and it's now right. corporations. The loan yeah. sharks are your credit card companies. The fucker who hold on and and the uh, payday loans. Mm-hmm. That's former yeah. loan sharking, right? Yeah, yeah. It used and to be then, called usury laws, right? Mm-hmm. Then your monopolies are already there, but now yeah. it's not the mob that controls some line of business. It's basically a company. So everything right. that we used, 
the mafia don who's living in mansions and getting right. all his payments is now the CEO who gets his bonuses, whether the company right. while the worker suffers. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah. Hey, man, I tell you what, I, I literally had, had read this deal about worker-owned companies, and I think it's something mm -hmm. to really for people to investigate that if you're going to work, it's not enough just to get a job somewhere. You got to get a job somewhere where they might, might, might is the word, look out for you. So mm -hmm. what is, would a worker owned company give a CEO an $18 million bonus? No, they will no. not. Right. They'd spread yeah. it out amongst everybody. Mm -hmm. And, and he might get it. Sorry, guy, go ahead. The guy from Patagonia, the company Patagonia, yeah. There was one time, I don't think he draws more than like 500,000 or something as a salary, as a CEO, right. because he's like, I don't have the need for any more money. I have <laughs> I everything. I mean, he's like, what the fuck am I going to do with a couple of million yeah. every <laughs> yeah. yeah, It doesn't, it doesn't help. The, uh, there are a few companies in America left that do that. So I have to be honest with you. I grew up in a city that had great corporate partners. And mm -hmm. as those companies grew, they paid for things for the city and they didn't yeah. make us take it or anything. So like we had sports teams in a relatively small town. They didn't ask us to build them a stadium. They didn't ask us to underwrite their first year's uh, payroll. They did it because so their employees would have stuff to do. Yeah. You know, literally like the Kansas City Royals, the world champions, Kansas City Chiefs, world champions, absolute losers business. <laughs> absolute losers and uh, a guy named hunt lamar hunt was the one that owned the chief and uh and you know we had a like a sand business but you know his family was uber wealthy um mm -hmm. and then the the mary and merrill dow uh, pharmaceuticals was this guy that started a pharmaceutical company as basement repackaging aspirin i wish i was kidding he bought mm -hmm. bulk aspirin put it in cool bottles and sold that shit and but he did, he was the same on, thing. I'm he make, didn't need any on, I'm making notes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. So here's some weird bigotry that comes along with that kind of stuff. So uh, the Marion Merrill Dow guy, I'll, I'll think of his name here, of course, after I'm off the podcast. Super nice guy. But we had such elite country clubs, they wouldn't let him in. Are you and he was me? a world worldwide business. Oh, he didn't give a shit, so he started his own. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I like. <laughs> and so every time he would go there and eat, all of the employees, he'd tip everybody 100 bucks each. You know, he didn't throw around money like a drug dealer, but he mm. knew those folks were there to make sure the place was represented and did really, you know, that kind of stuff. They were mm. essentially his employees, but he never was able to get into the Kansas City Country Club or Mission Hills Country Club. Good Lord. Yeah. Yeah, you, right. guys class, you guys have perfected classes into another level, but I think we're that's, slowly that's, aspiring and catching up to. <laughs> classy with a KKK. Hey, um, it is. It, but, but, you know, having grown up and known that and he made no uh, he was not shy about telling people that that was the mm. story. He didn't get two shits about any. But he was a super nice guy. And the reason I bring all of this up, I used to go to his house on Halloween because he mm. gave like $2 candy bars to everybody. Didn't give mm -hmm. a shit. I mean, and of course, I don't think it was him giving him probably, probably somebody who worked the front gate, but everything was accessible. His house wasn't gated up or, and, and, mm -hmm. and he was probably the richest man in our city. Oh, shit. Speaking so, of this, oh, yes. I'm just going to tell you this and you continue with this story because it kind of connects. Ahead. 
I yeah. was reading something about how populations nowadays in different countries no longer mingle with each other because they no longer hang out at the same places. Like, oh wow, do they meet? Like the only places where people's interactions overlap is like at a gas station, a petrol station here, or like a mall oh. where they all have to go into that mall to look for a particular store that they're looking for. Other wow. than that, they li literally don't see people from other classes and places in their own city. So I have always thought it was humorous that we have an area here called Gallardia and there's a, they put a fence mm -hmm. around the whole thing, like a big wall. And mm -hmm. you go, do you all know anything about French history? <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what the wall is. If people are pissed enough, they're coming over. But then mm -hmm. the people guard the people guarding the wall are the exact people they want to keep out. Yeah, that is the funny part, go, right? The help you, and the stuff. Do you guys get? <laughs> do you get the irony here? So I don't. Um, we right now are having a, a classism bubble up, is I think what I would say. So there was this song put out by this redheaded kid with a big red beard, looked like Matt Bennett. Oh, and, shit. Uh, uh, are you talking about that Richmond from Richmond? Yeah. So here's the thing. Most people misunderstand the song. Because I got to admit, when I listen to it, I'm like, man, dude, quit making fun of a 300-pound person. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you the history behind it, because there, there really is. So in Appalachia, which is where he's from, is mostly Scotch-Irish. It's my people. Mm -hmm. We came over here dirt poor. We got some land down there. You know, I'm sure probably had to kill a few people to take it. But, you know... What happened to us? So we did it to other people. We're lucky that you guys never did that to other countries because that would have been a problem. <laughs> um, but we, but we did. You know, we we didn't mind. And um, so they're still dirt poor. But back in the 1980s, evidently there were some real liberal policies that went through that you could get on disability for being overweight. And that's the one that everybody attacked. So lawyers would call your house and ask if you were overweight, would you be interested in getting on disability? So all these poor whites that, mm -hmm. you know, already weren't making shit for money. And that's what he's talking about. You know, jobs don't pay shit. Dollar ain't mm -hmm. worth nothing. So if they were going to be dirt ass poor, why not mm -hmm. be dirt ass poor and get a government check? Because it sounds like they are talking about what used to be called welfare queens. That was a, a buzzword with Republicans for, for people mm -hmm. taking advantage of the system. No, it's actually poor whites. And it's yeah. in that 10, 10 states. Oklahoma has a ton of disability cases here. But they were right. able to get on disability for life for being overweight. And once I heard that, I'm like, oh, that's what that cracker means. I mean, that's what that guy means. Because <laughs> I was like, dude, you don't look like you're doing much better. I don't know why you're bitching about that person. But what mm. it is, is he's working and they're embarrassed about their own family members that are not working, that are bilking the system. Yeah. And they're ashamed mm -hmm. of them. Now, I don't know why you couldn't rhyme that in there. Shame is my game. You know, I mean, there's a whole <laughs> bunch of rhymes you could. Google that shit. How do I, what do I rhyme shame with? Mm -hmm. <laughs> my proud, those are my proud people right there, Deepak. You know, when, yeah. I don't even know what to say other than that. I did find it ironic. They played that dude's song at the Republican presidential campaign and said, What do you all think this means? 
And they thought it was a pro. They thought it was a pro Republican. Do you know he released a statement after that, and he was like, "Dude, the Richmond from Richmond, I'm singing about is you guys. Why the fuck did you play the nice stupid song there?" (laughs) But what I see out of that is uh, when I first heard it. Okay, and for anybody Mm -hmm. listening, rich men of Richmond, Virginia, Uh, Virginia, right? I believe I'm right on that. So. It is literally an old school blue collar hills tune about being poor because, you know, coal mining companies went in and they work everybody to death and then they go bankrupt magically when everybody starts dying. Um, So they've got a legitimate beef, but they also won't leave where they're at. Oh, yeah. So what's left? You can make booze, you can make hooch, um, you can Mm. make meth um, and you can grow weed. And now the weed's legal. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, well, probably have two patches, the legal one and the illegal one. You know, Mm -hmm. that that business has not slowed down. It's not at all. (laughs) But so the thing that I hear is the Republicans have tried to co-opt the message like they're for those people. And you go, Mm -hmm. okay, American for Prosperity is their donor. (laughs) They're not for you. But I I don't know how to get that across to people. I really I really don't. I mean, and, you know, man, dude, I. They they do really good with the um, devil loving right. communists. Yeah, I mean they're they're better at it. And what they do is they're real smart. They compliment the Democrats on messaging and go, man, they are so good. But they've got ad agencies working for them. You know, the NRA mm-hmm. was they were all out of Oklahoma. That ad agency was here, man. Um, Ackerman mm-hmm. McQueen. You know that okay. came up with all the NRA shit. So it's tricky, bro. It's tricky. <laughs> also, did I wish you- I shifting Go gears yeah <laughs> I was gonna okay. ask you, Segway did, time. you did, did you see oh that was smooth sean till you told him <laughs> <laughs> did you see the moon landing thing that india did no i sent you a message saying hey you guys landed a rocket on the moon which you know mm-hmm. what is that only four company countries have ever done that so was it the yeah. same group of women that built it that's what i want to know I'm not sure, but they did say that there were a lot of women who worked on the project. It was the same. So we have only one like space agency here, which is called right. the ISRO, Indian Space yeah. Research Organization. They were the ones who did right. it. So it would be the same team, is my guess. But it was like. So a- are you guys, are you guys going to team up with Elon Musk now and have him private launch all your shit? Oh God, I hope not. <laughs> eh? I hope this is like something that can compete with his stupid dick. <laughs> Dick right. Rocket, God, yeah. man, <laughs> Woo, that dude—he's too much. Um, but I like the the movie about the women doing it. I know it was a legitimate story, but I'd be interested uh, if you can find out by next time we do a podcast if it was those same ladies. No, yeah, because that, that was impressive. I don't care who you are; that was impressive. It was that movie we watched, right? Uh, the Bollywood yeah. movie. Yeah, I can't yeah. remember the name. How they managed to mix Bollywood in there was puzzling, but you know, like, uh, we have to Mexican, know that, John. Otherwise, people won't pay attention. <laughs> exactly, I know. So, if you ever watch um, Spanish-speaking news in the morning here, all of a sudden there's a conga line out of nowhere, and they just dance around the set. Now, they may have just been talking about gangland murders, but that's uh, that's what they do. <laughs> about the moon landing thing i was being a dick to a friend of mine who was like dude i am so proud to be an indian and i was like listen 
you failed accounts in 12th grade and I had to teach you. So you don't be <laughs> proud of anything. Knock it off. Let the people who did it be proud. <laughs> That's right. Good for you. Good for you. Isn't, it, isn't it nice to be proud of something smart, though? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Right. You know, we, um, we ran into a problem with our space agency stuff. Is originally, they basically had an unlimited budget. And then mm-hmm. they started having to go along with the federal budget stuff of the lowest bidder which is the single oh, most dangerous God, thing you can do in engineering. Right. When you did go, they start uh, cutting budgets? It was around like Nixon or Reagan, right? One of them started it first, removing funding well, for NASA. Reagan was Reagan was most well known for trickle-down economics and emptying out all the mental health hospitals, which we are all now having to rebuild, knowing full well that was an abject failure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what they did do, though, is we put those patients in private prisons, and mm-hmm. uh, and then we paid we paid double. So no. yeah, I'm, I'm I'm waiting for the private prisons to show up here. We're gonna be like uh, soothsayers, Sean. <laughs> We're just right. predicting shit. <laughs> well, there is a cycle to it, though. I mean, there really is mm-hmm. a cycle to it. So when I first traveled to Europe, it was a really safe place to travel. Like you could sleep outside at, at night, and nobody messed with you. Mm-hmm. You know, because I think they sent their um, less desirable folks elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And so the people <laughs> that like living in Europe live there and they were then, you know, nonviolent, non, but you know, that's all, that's all flipped around. You know, it's not a, and I'm not going to blame it on the Eastern Bloc folks, but you know, a whole bunch of them did come in and shit started going bad. It's, a, it's an interesting dynamic to watch basically the fall of England. And America mm-hmm. seems to be going right behind him with the, all the same bullshit. You know, England gave away all their all their manufacturing capacity to us. And we took mm-hmm. all their money and everything else. And then we gave it away to China and you guys. Um, basically, Walmart created China. They existed as a really poor population, but Walmart built them. I, I knew a couple of families here that were like exclusive clothing suppliers to Walmart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They do well. well. This was my joke on the moon landing shot. It was where the entire country of 1.4 billion people woke up and that's all they posted about on social media. I was wondering what the hell would happen to the world if all white people just woke up and they were just fucking proud all the time like that. <laughs> I'm like, is this how they fucking feel every day? We just yeah. felt that one day when we landed on the moon. <laughs> I will I will tell you what that does to, to you as a population, though. Mm-hmm. That lets everybody know we can do it. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know. Ireland never develops anything. The only thing we did was build DeLorean cars, and you saw how that worked out. Somebody yeah. ended up smuggling a bunch of cocaine, took the whole thing down. <laughs> Typical Irish crime. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it really was. We just don't, in Ireland, they don't believe they can build anything unless you come to America. And my mm-hmm. guess is you guys are the same way. And so now you're learning that's just not true. There are a lot of little startups coming up here that are raising like money, which is close to what the Silicon Valley guys do, which is pretty interesting. But the only thing weird I find in those little posts where they're like, oh, this is India's new unicorn startup. I'm like, why is it just a bunch of dudes? I'm like, where are the women in these damn companies? (laughs) Well, I can tell you seeing photos of people over there. uh, (laughs) You're you're a few steps behind on that shit. 
See, I was actually thinking Nobody... about like, why don't we have like an organization that invests in women only startups? Or if there is one, they probably do like so little marketing that I haven't come across them yet. So I think what you would have to do is go back and look at the small farm women marketing and see if they continued to finance those women or only until they were self-sufficient. Mm -hmm. That's that's where that would work. Because yeah. I'm I'm telling you, single moms, best people I've ever invested in my entire life. Hey, there is they're actually not this around. Uh, oh yeah, for sure. There is this yeah, company just... in Oklahoma that we did some work with that um no, we didn't end up working with them, but I talked to them and they I think they invested in women only startups in Oklahoma. It's run oh, by this Erica Lucas, I think, and it's called Stitch Fix or something like that. You've met her, Sean. She's been in the restaurant a couple of times. Well, we have to narrow that down to 20,000 people. Mm. <laughs> <I> no. <know. laughs> but thank you for reminding me. <laughs> the name the name is <clears throat> the name is very familiar. So mm. I do I do recognize the name, but I these days um I'm I was always puzzled by people's names because my kids went to so many different schools, you know. So yeah. I'm, I, I just struggle. I struggle with it. <laughs> but I tell you, over there, that would be a, uh, I mean, you know, one way or another, that's the future because that's the way it goes. Mm -hmm. You know, okay. they're going to, they're, look, my wife, um, no matter where she worked, she would do well. But mm -hmm. by owning her own company, she didn't have to worry about the glass ceiling. Yeah. She figured out where the ceiling was going to be. Nobody else did. Mm -hmm. You know? And uh, and there is something to be said for that. And, you know, your sister's obviously very bright. Your mother's obviously very bright. But they are still, one way or another, held back by the decisions of others. Yeah. As a culture, you know? I mean, I know your sister well. She's as smart as anybody I met over here. But <laughs> over here, we still have some of that. We just don't have the amount that we once had. Mm. But we still have some of it. You know, if it, my biggest advice to my girls, own your own company, man. Why, why are you bitching about your boss? Yeah. Do your own stuff, you know? But that entrepreneurial thing has to go in where, you know, how do you then change arranged marriages? How do you then change the, the formatting? Once The biggest problem that I hear from some men is that once women realize they don't really need men, mm -hmm. they don't really need men then. And the men are like, well, what do, what do we do? And you go, find a purpose, man. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> if, if she owns the company, how can you help her be better at owning a company? I mean, mm -hmm. I, I, there's no shame in that game. But, you, ooh, hey, had my rhyme. <laughs> but I, I don't know, I mean, culturally, how far are you guys out from that? I think there are a few startups that I've come across that are women-owned. Like there's a friend yeah. of mine who does really well. She runs a design and architectural firm. Nice. Yeah. And yeah. she was like born, raised in Bangalore and does pretty well. Right. But I don't know. It's basically what I see in the newspaper, I guess, which is my problem, where you just focus on the big swinging dicks of companies, which right. usually just are a bunch of dudes. And I'm like, right. oh, okay. But I... So 
I, I don't, I'd be interested if you and I would fall into that same category, given wherever we were, because if you go to a school where it's all boys in one school, all girls mm -hmm. at the next school, those are your mates. That's who you grew up with. Yeah. You know, who's good at something. So you bring them on. That, mm -hmm. that is That's tricky. I, I, yeah. I mean, I learned the girl thing on accident. The, mm -hmm. uh, once I hired my first single mom that had a couple of kids, all she was there for was work. There was no drama. There was no bullshit. I was like, oh, my God, this yeah. is the magic equation. You know, she didn't want to socialize with me, but I also did not want to socialize with her outside of work. I, but we did incredible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The girl I work with in London, she is a single mother. And <laughs> it was hilarious because we were on call this weekend. And the first thing she commented about is she was like, you're in a T-shirt. I was like, sorry, yes. it's the weekend. Because she was like still in like a proper suit. Right. Right. And she was like, at least sit up straight. This is not a matinee you're watching. And I was like, all right. And I was like, wait a second. I was like, anything else? Wow. She was like, also, did you lose your razor? I was like, okay, enough with the insults. Wow. <laughs> Just tell me what you called me about. <laughs> Good for her. Good for her. I just, you know, look, I, I think if I were you, that is a segment that's, that's a sector you could do well in and you could, you could draw financing from most um, wealthier countries to support that, especially if the loans yeah. were 5,000 or $10,000 or less. Oh shit. For sure. You, know? you should look at and, it like a microfinance type of deal. Where... Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, how about, I'm interested in how that would work out. That's that's uh, that's mm -hmm. fascinating. But you know what they so in Peru, this priest went down to Peru and everybody was unemployed, and he started looking at stuff they needed for the church back in America because you know they were just a lot of times buying shit off online, and he mm -hmm. he literally had people teach these, especially if they were women in an abuse shelter, um, a mm -hmm. way to sew church garments and stuff and that's how they were able to make their candle living. making i don't know why i yeah. thought of candle making and i was like yeah, oh, yeah i can see that lots part. of candles lots <laughs> of candles so it's all it's all there it's a matter of can you see beyond the four walls around you and the fact that you only have enough food for today mm -hmm. oh yeah that is a really hard mentality to to get out of it's like that Chappelle quote, right? Poor is a state of mind. <laughs> what and does the father tell him? You're not poor, son. You're broke. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally different. It's totally different. Well, so I, what I would say on that is uh, uh, maybe 10 years into business, mm -hmm. if I'm talking to you and I go, well, this is what I'm interested in doing. You go, oh, that's expensive. And I'll guarantee you've heard me say this a hundred times to other people. And I go, well, tell me what expensive is. Yeah, because it means something different to every single person. But to me, expensive means it's out of reach. Yeah. And, you know, so I, I want to know, is it legitimately out of reach or is it out of reach in your mind? Mm, yeah, you know? true. Tells me a lot about a person when they when they explain to me what expensive is. Oh, for sure. Like the, yeah. just the other day, uh, I was having this conversation with my sister where she was asking me about uh, marketing something on like social media. And I was like, see, right. the main problem with that is this advertising spend that you have to do over a period of six to 12 months. 
right. which is somewhere within the range of say you can start as low as hundred dollars a month or you can start right. as like five hundred dollars a month but you have to keep it for at least a year and a half to start right. seeing that generate results and yeah. that was my definition of that is how much of investment you need to start something like that considering right. that there are a dime of dozen companies that do the same thing which are all like uh -huh. startups people doing it from home and shit like that Right. She was like, oh, shit, you spend too much time with Sean, don't you? And I was like, I know. <laughs> but, but, that, but, you know, you got to look at it and go, one email, one blast of advertising mm -hmm. does you nothing. It just makes people aware no. of your company. Mm -hmm. That's it. And over here, I think on radio, it was it had to be heard 15 times before there was any action. And you go, oh, yeah. God dang, that's a lot of money. And then there's no guarantee. There's a lot of action. Look, how many things have you and I done? You, you just after after a year, you go, okay, well, that didn't work. Let's move on to something else that'll work. I'll give yeah. you an example. So my so the uh, sales on my uh, infusion book, mm -hmm. I sold more of those down at that Asian market in one day than I've sold anywhere else. And I was just like, I have got to get to the market I need, not the yeah. market I want. And that is on, totally mm -hmm. on me. But I'm, so I'm going to start doing weed conventions and just you know, get a table, put my stuff up, oh, and everybody yeah, comes by that, and chat with me. Right. Or the <laughs> state fair. How about oh, the state fair? State fair would be awesome. Weed convention right. would be awesome. Do you remember that yeah. time where I actually went and did uh, Oklahoma Funeral Homes Association when we were doing no. the elderly care application? Hell yeah, oh, I've done that. Awesome. Yeah, we took, an, uh, we took the application there because people who were there at the convention, they're mostly oh. funeral home directors and they would know the widow. So right. all our deal Good was, point. why don't you guys just, and when anyone comes in for like funeral services, just tell them, yeah. download this application and we'll kick you back some bucks if they sign up oh. for the premium version. So that was the whole right. idea. But the weird nice. part was like, we were standing around caskets the entire day. <laughs> right. It is a little creepy, but my thing is what I learned was people wanted to talk to the author. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, just like a book signing and, and you, I have to make myself available to do it. So I've got to, mm -hmm. I got to figure out a way to get into the, cause the, the state fair is in, in a few weeks. So I don't know if that's possible, but I can do the, yeah. I can do the, we, the, the, the conventions. Isn't that crazy? Mm -hmm. That's uh, awesome. Actually, you should do the state yeah. fair. Well, I think I, I, the problem is, I think in that week, all the books are gone. And then what? Now, mm -hmm. you, know, you got to buy more, which I'm cool with. I don't mind. You know, that's, uh, that's something to be had. Uh, how, how much that time you, have we got? It, oh, we have four minutes. It's weird that you talked mm -hmm. about the THC book, because that was one of the items where I was like, oh, we need to talk about some of Sean's THC recipes, because I wanted to start yeah. directing some traffic back to your cooking channel as well. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Cool. Whenever we, whenever we need to. But look, the mm -hmm. the the biggest thing I, that I have done with that. Sorry, I'm going to put something in my bathroom. The biggest thing that I've done with that is treat cancer patients, and most people yeah. don't have any idea. So in America, there's 1.7 million people per year um, that get diagnosed with cancer, mm -hmm. and each one of those families needs one of those books. Oh yeah. Because I'm telling you, the pain that people are in before they mm -hmm. actually get a physician to diagnose something and give them legitimate painkillers and shit of which they get addicted to and all that. So I'm not saying that weed is the ultimate solution. 
I'm just mm-hmm. saying it could carry over until you get the real heavy stuff. Oh yeah. Oh, Isn't sure. that crazy? And and cheap and easy, especially here, you know, where it's where mm-hmm. it's uh licensing's Lee. cheap, you know, you can buy weed anywhere for you know twenty or thirty dollars an ounce. But yeah, it's it's um there's a market there to be had, and I just have not gone and gotten it, weirdly enough. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's my that's my next thing. Well, you better take us out, bro. We're running almost out of time here. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, that was the villagers <laughs> podcast. We were all over the place today, as usual, but less dead yep. air than usual. <laughs> <laughs> to us on YouTube, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, just hit the subscribe button. Oh, that's me in the background making that noise. All right, D-Bag, mm-hmm. I'll see you next time. All right, bye-bye. See you. <laughs>